okay? Mm-hmm. So, Philly fans, we're trying to help you out, but it's dark. So, bear with us. So, the first thing I heard, right? And by the way, let's start with this. That James Harden deal moves <laughs> large, large now. Yeah. Man, that's it's sad, man. That's pretty embarrassing that they didn't do that. It seems like every team in the league kept some mediocre player. Like the Heat kept Tyler Hero. And they right. didn't get hardened because of it. Like, I don't know what these guys were doing. I mean, quite as kept. I guess Denver was in that mix and they didn't want to give up Jamal Murray. Yeah, but that's better than oh, Ben no, Tyler better, Hero. But still, like James Harden did show us something this year. I mean, I didn't like how he got out of Houston, and it reminded me a lot of my namesake, Vince Carter. Mm-hmm. And Tyler, you might be a little too young for this, but Vince Carter played in Toronto, right? And he was not yeah. happy with his contract. Oh, I know about this, yeah. He had a he he supposedly had what they call I never heard it until this point, until he came up with it. He had jumpers knee. That's what yep. they called it. This dude gets traded to the Nets of all teams. Huh. And his first game out, he puts up like 36, 8, <laughs> and like 7. And I'm like, yep. come on, dude. And now, fast forward, history repeats itself. James Harden goes to strip clubs, eats chicken wings, Gets fat, goes to Brooklyn, and just dimes everyone up, and he's just filthy as soon as he steps in to Brooklyn. So the the dude did change it up. So I, I much respect for his game this year. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like he is a difference maker. I, I I have qualms with how he got out of Houston. But I have no qualms with his game at all. And Philly is super sad about not having James Harden on that squad. Oh, for sure. Yeah, they're really lacking something like that. And I mean, you said that we're going to get into trades. I've got a couple of trades in mind that, you know, make a lot of sense. But I think no matter what way you spin it, Ben Simmons get traded. Go ahead. Go, give, me, give me one of the trades. All right, well, the first thing, I think this is kind of the most talked-about deal for Ben Simmons, but to me it's the one that makes absolutely the most sense. It's Ben Simmons for C.J. McCollum. It makes the most sense. I'm so glad you say that. I'm so glad you say that. Okay, because here's my question to you. All right? You're Daryl Morey, all right? I'm Neil O'Shea, right? You call me and, and 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 give me a trade offer of Ben Simmons for CJ McCollum. I have to tell you that I'm probably not taking that deal. If you're if you're Daryl Morley or Daryl Morley, if I'm if I'm Portland, I don't take that deal. Oh, if I you're Portland, you, I think yeah. I'll tell you why. I don't see okay, first of all, it's not it's not the series, right? It's not it's not the play that makes me not do this trade. Mm-hmm. Okay. There's a guy in Portland by the name of Damian Lillard. Okay. Mm-hmm. He's a great player. He's also from Oakland. If you know anything about Oakland, they keep it super real in Oakland, okay? So how do you sell Ben Simmons? And I'm not talking about, like I said, I'm not talking about just this game. I'm talking about the three years of rumors where he doesn't work on his game. At least you know, at least Dame knows with C.J. McCollum, that dude is doing everything he can to get better. Okay? Doing everything he can to get better. And I'd rather ride, if I'm Dame... I'd rather ride with the dude I know, the dude I know is trying to get better, and maybe we can kind of shake up the pieces around us 
you know, which hasn't worked in the past already. We've seen this, you know, we've seen this movie like two or three times. But I don't know how you can go to Dame and say, hey, man, we just got better because we got Ben Simmons. And then here's the other thing. I know that Dame can play off the ball. Well, will he play off the ball for Ben Simmons? Yeah, I mean, that's an interesting question. And, like, you're right. The personalities may not mesh. The only reason I bring that up is just from a pure court standpoint, I think it makes sense for both teams because CJ gives you the offense that Philly desperately needs. It gives you spacing along with Joel Embiid and Tobias Harris and all of them. And then for Portland, I think we've learned that two small guards, it doesn't work. CJ and Lillard, I mean, their defense is terrible on that team. And Lillard Lillard and CJ, I know that they like each other, and they fit well together just from an offensive standpoint. But, I mean, at this point, you got to switch something up. And I think with the new coaching regime, they're going to make some sort of move. And it just makes sense for Ben Simmons to be the guy. Now, as far as Lillard playing off ball, I think he can do it. And you're right that if he is willing to do it, we'd have to wait and see. But I think Lillard's at the point where he's willing to do whatever it takes to win, even if that means, you know, giving the ball to Ben Simmons and then, you know, doing – I'd be really excited to see if Steph – or if Lillard does some things Steph Curry does as far as just moving without the ball, cutting to the corners, cutting to the paint, doing whatever he has to do. I think that would be really interesting if they had Ben Simmons on the team. Now, as far as what other moves – you may have. I'm interested to hear those, but that's the one that I've heard the most, and it's the one that makes the most sense to me. Well, here's the thing. This is the last thing I'll say about the Portland Bill is this. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, the word is out there. I got on good word as well that Becky Hammond is, is literally – it's her or Chauncey Phillips. Okay? Yep. That's it. And I'm gonna tell you right now, Becky Hammonds ain't gonna want. She's not gonna want Ben Simmons. I'm gonna let you know yeah. right now. Like she is tough as nails, and she'll tell you exactly how it is. And mm-hmm. Ben seems a little doesn't be. He doesn't take criticism well from reports that I've gotten. Is that he just doesn't take well to that at all. So you have to kind of finesse that guy, right? You have to kind of bring him into the trust tree, I would say, right? Mm-hmm. Do you see Dane bringing that dude into the trust tree? <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. That's right, that the personalities may not mesh. Um, but, I mean... What personality does mesh with Ben Simmons, really? Just the, Funny you the way that he plays. I do have a trade for you. And all right. All right. So we were talking about Westbrook, right, and shooting and how it all works and whatever. Mm-hmm. So I do have a trade, and it has nothing to do with the Washington Wizards. But how about this? <clears throat> Boston makes a trade with the 76ers. Fournier is a signing trade because he's a free agent. And Marcus Smart for Ben Simmons. Now you have Ben Simmons, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and oh, by the way, there's your, there's your defensive replacement and your ball handler for Marcus Smart. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, as far as dynamic is concerned, Jason Tatum, pretty easygoing guy. Jalen Brown, like, he's a real, like, cerebral guy, but kind of soft-spoken. I mean, he says mm-hmm. what he has to say, but he's not this big, like, you know, oh, no, that dude, he's trash. He's not a bead, yeah. Yeah, so... So Boston would sign. He would. They would sign Fournier. Mm-hmm. So you kind of got that money, and then you have Marcus Smart, and that makes up the money that Ben Simmons is making. What do you think? Yeah, that's interesting. That's interesting. I mean, I talked earlier in the show about a Marcus Smart deal, and that I'm not a huge fan of it, but that's actually interesting. As far as 
the 76ers are concerned, I think that's a great deal for them. Because Smart gives you perimeter defense, but he also gives you some level of offense. Fournier is a spark off the bench. That's a really good move for them, I think. As far as the Celtics, I think it is interesting. I mean, Fournier, I think they're probably going to let go in free agency anyways, just because I don't think they're going to want to pay him what he's going to ask for. So pairing him with Mark Smart to get Ben Simmons, that's actually a really good trade. I've, I've never even really seen that anywhere, so that's that's a pretty good one. Yo, man, I try to put on my GM hat. My spirit <laughs> animal is Bill is 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 Bill Simmons, not Ben Simmons. Mm-hmm. So I always come up with irresponsible trades, but I try to make it work. I do have one more for you. Right. Actually, it's pretty spicy. So I've worked on this. This is all trade machine approved. Okay. So. We are we are now out of the Ben Simmons business, right? We are the Philadelphia Brain Trust. I haven't this is this is the other deal. Mm-hmm. Now Ben Simmons and Shake Milton go to Sacramento for Buddy Hill and Marvin Badley Jr. Yeah, I mean, getting Bagley and Heald, I think, would be a really good fit. And, you know, you get rid of Ben Simmons, obviously. I don't love giving Shake Milton in the deal. It's Shake the Milton, money. the guy that I really like. It's yeah, I know that it's for the money purposes. That's uh, that's that's pretty tough. Um, man, I, I really wouldn't want to give up Shake Milton, to be honest. But I don't know what the contracts are like of the other guys that you could throw in. Like I don't know what George Hill's making, for example. What you'd have to do is you'd have to go with like two or three or like the guys who aren't really playing. I mean, there were other <laughs> ways to do it. But I also was thinking about this. If I'm Sacramento, if you throw me Ben Simmons alone, I'm not giving you anything for that dude. You're gonna have to give me something else. The only reason that Ben Simmons makes a lot of sense in Sacramento is that now you got another ball distribution guy where you know it's not going to stay in his hands a lot, a la Tyrese Halliburton, and you mm-hmm. got Darren Fox who's turning into a stud over there. So having Ben Simmons play the five, right? Because uh, was it Richard Holmes is a free agent, so mm-hmm. now you got. Now you can put Simmons at the five. The Marvin Bagley experiment is over. You don't have to deal with him anymore. It's Philly's issue, right? Mm-hmm. But, you know, this, you know, Bagley for Simmons is kind of like a problem child, right? It's one problem child for another problem child. So I need a sweetener. Right. If I'm Sacramento, right? I need a sweetener to make it right. And keep, keep in mind, they're getting Buddy Hill back. So as far as right. shooting's concerned, you got Seth and you got Heal. So you should be good, right? Yeah, I mean, there could be, you know, some pick swaps in there as well if you want to just get to the specifics, but I think we also have to remember that Buddy Healed also doesn't love Sacramento. I believe he requested a trade at one point as well. So if they're really just saying get rid of both and the seventy sixers play hardball with Shake Milton, I feel like there's a a slight chance they can get that done with just Ben Simmons in a pick swap. Hey, man, Shake Milton was QP Sports Exchange preseason sixth man of the year. And until Doc iced that dude on the bench, that dude had a legitimate shot at the sixth man. You know, no mm-hmm. no, no shade on uh, Jordan Clarkson and Joe Ingles and the rest of the cast that was, you know, in the finals for that award. But Shake Milton was getting it done. I like Shake Milton a lot. I like his game. Um, I like that he can be a really good, like, supporting cast member. You know, I think he can give you juice off the bench. Yeah, I would hate for him to lead the 76ers as well. But if, if I'm so hot to get rid of Ben Simmons, cause see, I think that's the thing is that I don't think we really seen the wave of vitriol that's coming that young man's way. You know, because I I know the Philadelphia Inquirer has pieces for the next two weeks that are going to run on that cat about 
who he was dating during the off season. Was he putting in the work or was he spending a lot of time on the yacht? Man, those Philadelphia writers are going to be merciless for the next two weeks. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, it's going to be pretty bad for him. And for Ben Simmons' sake, the sooner he leaves the team, the better, just so he doesn't have to deal with that scrutiny. You know, and I think a team like Sacramento would actually help him with that because it's more of a smaller market than Philly. He has less expectations. They can just go out there, average his 18, 9, and 7, and be all right. Well, see, that was the other thing I was going with with that particular squad, right, is that when you – you know, Boston was kind of like, let's let's kind of infuse talent and give talent back, right? But with Sacramento, mm-hmm. I was actually looking out for Ben Simmons. I was actually right. thinking about him going like, man, let's just get him somewhere where there's no expectations. There's no expectations to win. There's no expectations to, you know, oh, you got to be this super franchise guy and whatever. It's like, listen, play your game. We'll be, we got stuff around you. You know, De'Aaron Fox is a stud. Ty, I love Tyrese Halliburton. I would love to get oh, a take on him. But my, I, when he was in the draft, I was like, this kid is, I was, he was, I was like, he's a perfect Golden State player. I was like, they should trade down and get him, you know, and then pick up something along the way. I thought he'd be perfect in Golden State. But, yeah, Tyrese Halliburton to me was – I love watching Lonzo play. I mean, not Lonzo, LaMelo play this year. He was our he was our choice for Rookie of the Year preseason. But I saw a lot of Sacramento King basketball games, and it was really only for Tyrese Halliburton. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Halliburton's a really good player now. I mean, he was top three in Rookie of the Year voting. I probably would have put him third in Bell just because Anthony Edwards and Lamelo were so good. But Halliburton's got a really bright future, and him and De'Aaron Fox is a pairing I really like. It was wild to me that Tyrese Halliburton wasn't starting some games just because Luke Walton was an idiot like that. But, yeah, I love Tyrese Halliburton's game. I'm excited to see how he can develop. And and here's the other thing that I'll uh, – because I told you I had a lot of Simmons stuff that we need to go over. Um, mm-hmm. JJ Reddick said on a uh, on a podcast recently. He said when I was in Philadelphia, I t- I put I take Ben Simmons aside and say you should shoot right handed. Your stroke is a lot better. He was like, if I was in Philly now, I would have just stayed in Ben Simmons' ear and basically just kind of fathered him along to cultivate that shot. Now. An uh, ex-shooting um, coach for the Philadelphia 76ers said this. Well, when I have been, I did have him shooting right-handed. And we worked on it a lot. I can tell you, though, seeing him now, I know that he has not worked on it within the last two years. That is absolutely damning information to have on a guy who's making $31 million. Yeah, I mean, we say all these things about Ben Simmons and what he needs to work on, and you heard Ben Simmons after the game say he's got a lot on offense to work on. But to me, until he proves something, and a little more maturity and a little more work ethic, I'm just going to accept who he is as a player and move on. You know, I'm not going to go into next season and the season after that having – expectations for Ben Simmons growth because he hasn't improved much besides defense throughout his career. And so I'm just, I don't know. Ben Simmons just kind of like it to me. I'm not expecting much from him. No, it's just one of those things where you see, you see, you obviously see talent, right? I bet Mm -hmm. Kyle Kuzma, I bet you campaign would love to have the, Ben Simmons genotype that is that locates his talent. Yeah. Because those guys would be phenomenal with that kind of talent. It's just really disheartening for me to see a guy who honestly could be very special, right? And not work on it. 
You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's I mean, the thing that's it's like changing. crazy to me. That's really the crazy, the crazy thing to me. So no, it's pretty disappointing. Let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. How close are you to Dallas, Texas, sir? Uh, I'm, I'm very close to Dallas, Texas. I'm probably around, you know, 15, 20 minutes away. Okay. So, have you have you felt the rumblings out of, you know, Mavs, you know, headquarters or anything like that? Has there been like an earthquake or anything that we need to report? <laughs> or it's felt like it. Yeah, it's it's wild around here, man. Yo, man, people are leaving the Dallas Mavericks like some wild buffaloes, bro. They mm-hmm. are just like, there's this thing going around talking about mutual parting of the ways and all this other. But I I dropped an emergency pod on Wednesday, right, mm-hmm. for basketball because all hell broke loose. It was the Chris Paul day. It was, oh, you know, Kawhi's not playing. You know, we got one general manager from the Dallas Mavericks moving on who's been there 24 years, but it wasn't the right one because Luka doesn't like the other guy. Then there was the coaches getting fired, Scott Brooks and uh, and Stan Van Gundy. And then, like, the next day, dude, Rick Carlisle is out as the Dallas Mavericks head coach. And the reports are is that Luca had some tension, and it goes back to the shadow GM, Volgaris. And I don't know if you read this or heard this, but there's a report. There was a game in the middle of the year where Luca, because of the fact there weren't fans in the stands at that time, Luca yells to Rick Carlisle. Are you in charge, or is that guy in charge? Oh, man. Yeah. And, like, it's been vetted out. Marcus Spears of The Athletic had this information, and it's been vetted out by, like, others in the, you know, who are real in the know as far as that's concerned. So, Luca was having problems with the Mavericks, like, way back. This wasn't, like, something that just happened because the playoff run was disappointing because he didn't have, you know, the supporting staff around him. But there seems to be a a serious divide between Luka and the Dallas Mavericks. And to me, that sounds very dangerous because that dude is now in Serbia or Slovenia or somewhere over there. He's in one of those S countries, right? Yeah. <laughs> and he's playing basketball and – is it a chance? Now, nobody's ever done it. No one has ever turned down the money. But they got to get right, right? For They got They have to get right for Luka, right? I think so, yeah. I mean, I was talking about earlier with Jason Tatum and a potential Martin Smart trade that, you know, these little things add up. And they've added up quickly with Luka and Mavericks. And, I mean... The Rick Carlisle parting seems like Luca's not super happy about that. I'm someone who was saying Rick Carlisle probably should have been out as coach in the Mavericks, but it seems like from a PR standpoint, it wasn't great. He didn't love the Donnie Nelson trade, contrary to some reports that there could have been tension with Donnie Nelson and Luca, but he leaves and then he has a whole press conference and he seems to not be very happy about it. And I no, mean, he wasn't. The dude that he was upset with was Volgaris. That right. was his yeah. guy that he that, that was where his discontent was coming from, is that he doesn't understand what that dude does and what value he brings to a basketball court. And I'm gonna tell you right now, I understand that Cuban is one of these kind of like real like shoot from the hip, let's do some weird stuff and depending on what mood you catch him in is who has his ear, and I get all that, but I'm going to tell you who Mark Cuban should be listening to. That six foot eight dude that's putting 47 on the Clippers yep. and damn near bringing your team to a second-round playoff. That's who you should be listening to, 
you should be buddy buddy. You should be in Slovenia with him right now. You know what I'm saying? That's where mm-hmm. he should be. You want to talk about like how are you messing this up? It's Luka Doncic. How hard could this be? No, it's not hard at all. Get him a GM that he can respect and show him a vision that, like, Luca, look, hey, man, this is what it's going to look like. Okay, we might have a down year this year, but you know what? You're going to be able to go crazy. You know, we're going to get a, you know, we're going to figure out some draft picks. We might have to get rid of Tim Hardaway Jr. to get assets in. Or, But if you talk to, I, I believe that if there is real dialogue with that young man, knowing how he wants to win, I think he would be okay with that. And as long as he knew that he had the support of the owner and the GM and the and the player personnel people, and there wasn't like all this backfighting and all this nonsense going on, I think he would be okay. But I bet you Luca right now is looking at this and going, this is a complete shit show. Yeah, I mean, it's showing up on the court. Luca's out there by himself a lot of times. We saw it in that Clippers series, and, you know, he gets beat by the Clippers back-to-back years in the first round. I think Luca wants to see some results, and I think he's looking at things in the front office and the coaching staff, and he's thinking to himself, this isn't going to lead to winning basketball next season. And I think that's what he's pissed about. You can tell that he's a guy that, you know, loves to win and hates to lose. It seems like every time they lose a game, there's some sort of shot at him, you know, you know, trying to restrain himself from tearing apart his jersey or slamming his head on something or kicking a chair or doing He hates losing. So if they keep losing and they don't see any progression, we could start to be talking about some crazy things in the next couple of years with Luka and the Mavericks. Man, it's going to be a wild offseason. And mm-hmm. we're going to leave, we're going to leave the people with this because there's one thing that we have not talked about on this show in a while and I almost feel like I've been doing the QP Nation a disservice how the hell have I not talked about Zion Williamson in like three weeks I don't even know how that's possible (laughs) but I'm sorry New Orleans you are right I am wrong I have not talked about Zion for three weeks and hell we're gonna do it now now I don't know if you read the reports I will tell you this before I before I get into the report. Now, you, did you hear about the report about his family wanting him out? Yes, I did. Okay, I did. Yeah. All right. Here's one thing that I will tell you, and it's before it's really right after they got eliminated and they weren't going to make you know the, the play in and all that, right? Mm-hmm. Zion Williamson had a a, a meeting with uh, Mrs. Benson, who is the uh, we, the governess, I guess, right? We don't call them owners anymore. We don't do that. Right. All right. So Mrs. Benson and the, the higher ups within the Pelican organization. Zion Williamson said he wanted change. He did not like the style of the offense that was played. He did, he did like that at, Towards the end, he got to be able to have handle the ball more. He did enjoy that part. But he wanted his guys on the floor. Nikhil mm-hmm. Alexander-Walker is one of his guys. Lonzo, mm-hmm. uh, Lonzo Ball is one of his guys. Okay? Now, Lonzo is a restricted free agent. Okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Griffin has made some moves that has made my head scratch. You know, I scratch my head a lot. Yeah. Still trying to figure out how Steve Stephen Adams is a Pelican and then got signed long term. I'm still trying to figure that out. And yeah. Okay. What do you see going on with Zion moving forward? Do you think that? They make the changes that they need to keep this guy? Or do you think David Griffin finds a way to screw this up? And not only did you lose Anthony Davis, do you end up losing Zion after three years? 
Yeah, I mean, I think he's going to try to make the necessary moves. Now, if they're actually good moves or not, we'll have to wait and see. Now, as far as Zion and how he feels about the team, I don't think this report is as extreme as the Luka reports because with Luka, there is tangible evidence that shit's going down, right? <laughs> with Zion, it's more of just a family member said this and, you know, he had the meeting of wanting change and I think that's completely understandable. Now, as far as the Pelicans offseason, I think they got two guys that they have to try to get rid of. Just do whatever you can to get them off the team. They just don't work. Steven Adams and Eric Bledsoe they gotta get rid of those guys. Can I throw you a third? Sure. Now it's gonna sound unpopular, but you gotta get Brandon Ingram off that team. You think so? Yeah, because there is some sort of thing. Now I don't know if it changes with the new coach, but Brandon Ingram believes that he is the first option on the team. Like he, like there are. There are dudes that I know that, that are in the know on that squad, and he's told people like, "Yeah, I I shoot it better. I you know I handle. I'm the number one option." No, you're not. You are not the number one option. And as soon as you get it through your head that you're not, the better off we're gonna be, because or trade him because. You should be able to get something of value for him. Maybe you can get the shooting that you need around Zion to make him even more effective in the paint. But I agree with you with the Steven Adams and Eric Bledsoe deal. You've got to get those guys out of there. You you have to find a way to get shot making and 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 space around Zion. I think it's the only way. He will be happy next year. Right. Now, can I give you one more thing that I've heard that is wild? It's not something I made up. Did you see what Gilbert Arenas had to say about Zion? Oh, I want to hear from Agent Zero. Lay it on me, Kyler. All right. So Gilbert Arenas on a podcast was saying that Zion could be one of the greatest to ever do it. And he has a better chance to unlock it, basically, if he makes the change to shooting guard. Now, that's wild. (laughs) Yo! Yo! My man! Okay. First of all. Gilbert, you a bad boy. You a bad boy, Gilbert. All right. Well, I mean, here's the thing, right? Here's the thing where I'll say with this, right? If Russell Westbrook is a point guard and really can't shoot it, right? We saw Mm -hmm. Ben Simmons as a point guard, and he really can't shoot it, right? At least we know with Zion that he puts puts work in to his game. He he brought some stuff back this year that we didn't see, right? From previous year, right? Mm-hmm. If there's one guy in the league, now here's the thing: if that dude gets a consistent, like three point shot, it doesn't even. Oh, have it's over. It, it, it doesn't even have to be forty percent. That dude gets to thirty five, and he's like on five attempts every game, like five attempts, right? He's like thirty five percent. The league will have to change every rule in the book. Yeah. Because that dude will be 100% unstoppable. It won't be fair. There'll be cheat codes. 2K will have to put in some extra stuff to slow that kid down. It'll be Armageddon. It's ridiculous, man. Zion Zion has so much potential. I mean, he he was so good this regular season. I feel like people didn't talk about him as much as they should have just because the team wasn't that successful. I had Zion as a snub on the All-NBA teams. I think he should have made an All-NBA team for sure. No, I guess they just didn't put him because he didn't make the playoffs. But Zion's going to be so good, and he already is so good. Now, as far as him moving to shooting guard, dumb. That's dumb. But Zion, you could do a lot of different things with him. You can put him at small ball center. You can keep him at the four. Maybe there's some lineups where you can play the three if you're going with a really big lineup. I don't know how that would work, but 
Zion's a very moldable piece that already has so much to his game. And you could you could do a lot with him if you're the coach of this team. And I think they're going to have to really nail this coaching hire. All right. Kyler, I'm going to ask you a question that maybe you can answer for me. And maybe you'll have to, like, kind of talk your way through it, right? Mm-hmm. But we we watch we watch a lot of NBA. I mean, you know, we were in we were in locker room. We were watching games yesterday. All that whole deal, right? Now, the one thing that we kind of do know, except for like really really special teams, right? There are a couple guys on every team where you can kind of hide Zion on that guy, right? Which would make him really effective when it comes to getting in the passing lanes, stealing the ball, or, you know, coming from the weak side, blocking shots and all that sort of thing. The whole thing is to get Zion on the break, correct? Yes. Okay. So who whomever's the next coach, could you see that particular person, whether it's Becky Hammond, Teresa Witherspoon, um, Who's the guy who is supposedly the in the lead? Charles Lee, the uh, assistant to the Bucks. Mm-hmm. Okay, could you see them kind of going to Zion and say, "Hey, listen, we need you to be kind of like a, ro- a like a rover out there. So we're gonna stick you on like the weakest dude, right? You know, and you are able to kind of roam a little bit, get into the passing lane." Do you think you will get a better engagement from Zion Williamson in that role? I'm not saying be lazy on defense. I'm talking about, like, be really engaged, be in the fast lanes, all that sort of stuff. Do you think that would be something that would kind of excite him and kind of ignite him to, like, even a different level? Uh, Sure. I mean, I think you could do that change for a year and a half or two years because Zion – while he's not a bad defender, he's very raw as a defender. He's going a lot based off of his athleticism, doesn't really have a lot of that defensive IQ, which makes sense. He's a he's a young guy in the league. He's going to learn these things eventually. And I definitely don't think that's a bad idea at all, just sticking him like, if they're playing the Philadelphia 76ers, put him on Ben Simmons. For sure. You know, he can, yeah, you can put him in the passing lanes, block some shots, get on the fast break, like you said. I think that's a really interesting idea let him grow as a defender. And then if he does reach his defensive peak, which I think is really high, then you could start, you know, putting him with some other guys. But I think for right now, that's a pretty good idea. I actually think this would put him also in a position where you could like go to him and say the other thing that everybody wants to say to him, that nobody has kind of the stones to say to him. Zion, I'm going to need you to lose about 12 to 15 pounds because you're going to be running a lot. <laughs> yeah. Like, if that dude was 270, I think it would make a, a, a huge difference. I'm not saying he's fat. I'm just saying, like, he's just big. He's just a big His conditioning could be better, yeah. Yeah. He's just a big boy, right? Mm-hmm. And I just think that engaging him – and empowering him in that way and saying, hey, listen, we're going to ask a lot of you. We're going to have you running. We're going to have you in the passing lanes, weak side defender. You're going to have like a lot of sports center, top 10 blocks, all of that. Mm-hmm. And by you doing that, what we're going to need from you is for you to shed about 12 to 15 pounds. No, he does need to lose a little bit of that weight for sure. No, I've heard some wild takes on locker room or green room now, whatever you want to call it. There was a guy that came in my room the other day that was saying, Zion need to lose 40 pounds. That's pretty ridiculous. That dude's hot. <laughs> I want to know what kind of weed he's smoking. Yeah. Right. 40 pounds is a lot, but I do think 12 to 15 is a good range because he gets to keep a little bit of that burliness, that strength that makes him so good inside. But if anything, it might make him even faster on the fast break, I think that would be dangerous. That would be so scary. That would just be so scary. And still, by the mm-hmm. way, at 270, he'll still be like the third, he'd be the third heaviest person in the league behind right. his center and Joel Embiid. Because mm-hmm. since Jokic has lost weight, he's under 265. 
Right. Zion Williamson, even at 270, would be heavier than Jokic. Yeah, he gets to keep that advantage. And I think one more really cool thing that that could do is it gives Zion a better chance to stay healthy. Because Zion, I think we've seen this year compared to his rookie season, he's not doing as many wild dunks, you know, postering people, 360 dunks that we know he can do. And I actually like that for Zion. I think that's the right move. And losing weight would be another step to try to keep him healthy for as long as possible. Oh, I agree with that. I actually think some of that was that, honestly, I think he lost a little bit of the joy. I think when he came into the league, he was like kind of like a puppy, right? He was just excited mm-hmm. to be there. It was his dream. You know, he was crying on the stage. He was like, I'm going to show out. I'm going to do all this stuff. And then, like, the business of basketball happened to him. And I think that that re- – and then this year, and just feeling almost creatively sti- just stifled, right? I think it really took a toll on his psyche. Not saying that he's a weak-minded person. I'm just saying that you're not going anywhere, right? You you weren't going anywhere unless Zion drug you somewhere. Mm-hmm. Why, are we, uh, why are we doing weird stuff with Zion? Why are we not? Why are we playing like Lonzo Ingram, Nicole Walker, Nicole? Uh, Nikhil Alexander Walker, yeah. yeah. I can't even say it. Nah, I'm gonna call him Nah from here on out. <laughs> and like here in Kira Lewis, right? Why couldn't we go with a small ball lineup like that and just see it, just see what it looked like? You know, I don't understand when you have a guy like this who's such a phenomenal talent, and mind you, you got other phenomenal talent around him. If Brandon Ingram knew his role. He'd be perfect there. Lonzo, mm-hmm. his shot got so much better this year. And those kids just needed minutes. I don't understand why there wasn't any thought to putting Lewis Jr., Daw, Lonzo, Ingram, and Zion on the court and let them press and let them get up in people and even for like four or five minute bursts, right? Just just to see what it would look like. Yeah, I guess the reason they didn't do that is because the West was at the bottom pretty wide open. I mean, you had the Lakers hurt. You had, you know, a lot of other teams, especially with the playing tournament. They were in a spot where they were fighting for that playing tournament spot, and they thought they could get there and, you know, beat a team and win a couple games, and then they're in the playoffs. And so I guess that's why they didn't do it, but... I agree that, you know, there was a point where you could have tried experimenting and we might see a little bit more of that next season, depending on who the coach may be. But there's a lot of possibilities, like I said, with Zion, and I'm excited to see the next season for him. And, and by the way, I'm going to go ahead and throw out my candidate for that uh, that position. It's not Becky Hammond. I want to get my dude who was kind of railroaded in Minnesota um, the assistant coach, Vanterpool, I want to get him like into one of these spots. Mm-hmm. And I think that Vanterpool, who was instrumental in the development of CJ McCollum and Damian Lillard, and they both co-signed him, I think Vanterpool in New Orleans with Lonzo Ball, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, and Kara Lewis, I think that would be an excellent marriage of young talent, young perimeter talent, and guy who seems to um, accentuate young perimeter talent. Yeah, I think that's a really good fit. I haven't even heard that name too much within the coaching circle as far as guys that could have got a job, even with all the uh, all the openings. Uh, but that's a really good candidate, I think. My whole thing is that when you get people like C.J. McCollum, who I respect because, you know, I I know, hey, man, as a Laker fan, I see what that dude does to us when he's healthy. And you got a guy like Damian Lillard and also Quietus Kelp. I mean, 
you know, Anthony Simon has been in the league, what, this is his third, this was his third year, right? I believe so, yeah. Okay, so he was, so Vanderpool was there year one with, uh, Anthony Simons. And just seeing some of his development and seeing how the other cats developed, I don't see where it would be a bad thing to get a guy in there when you have all this perimeter talent and your last coach was fired because he didn't put that perimeter talent in the game. I just think that it would be a good marriage. Yeah, that's a really good fit. A young guy that, you know, that can bring up young players, and they have a lot of those in this team. That's a really good fit, I think. Yeah, and hell, if you want somebody to, you know, in in the case of Gilbert Arenas, he wants my man Zion to be a two-guard. Yeah. This guy definitely does know how to develop perimeter guys. Uh-huh. If we need some step back from Zion, we might have gotten us a coach. Yes, yeah, step backs from Zion, that'd be wild. Oh, oh man. This dude is doing the hard and step back. Little side. Oh, the league tail. is over. The league is over at that point. Then he's hitting him with the shimmy after the shot goes in. Oh, my God. I don't even want to think about it. So wrong on so many levels. Luke would be so mad. He'd just be mad. He's like, you know what? I'm just going back to Slovenia. Not oh, he'd be pissed, anymore. yeah. Like, this dude is would... so much better. <laughs> Screw it. Yeah, Zion would win MVP and the championship every season if he stays healthy. Yeah. So, now, Kyler, you have a fantasy football show. We talked about it on Football Friday. Now, you went through the NFC East. And, by the way, folks, if you weren't with us on Friday, if you just tune in to Who Questions Monday, Kyler Copeland is the newest team member of Question Point Pod Network. He has his own podcast, Fantasy and Dreams. It's a fantasy football pod. It's going to have a lot of great information. There's going to be some real cool things that come out of it. Um, I'm also wanting to kind of pick his brain on, like, fantasy guy and do's and don'ts on being fantasy guy and stuff like that. So we'll have him on more closer to football season for that as well. But... Tell us, for the audience that wasn't with us on Friday, tell us what a a person who is going to, to listen to your pod, what they're going to get when they hear from you. Yes, they're going to get all sorts of fancy advice, like you said, you know, guys to take, guys to avoid. I'm going to be doing season previews of every single division, I'm just going through their offensive guys, letting you know who's going to be good, who's not going to be good. Where are the value picks? Where are the guys that are being picked too high? And really, at the end of the day, I'm just trying to, you know, make your fantasy dreams come true. That's the slogan of the show. I'm trying to help you dominate your fantasy leagues. And, you know, I'm excited to get that that content out as the season progresses. Right. So this is this is one thing with this is that if any – for my day ones, you know exactly what this was all about from day one. I told everybody my intentions when I stepped onto the scene. I said, there's a guy by the name of Bill Simmons, and there's a guy by the name of Kevin Smith, and they have podcast networks. And my whole thing is, is that I want to get to that level, and I want to dominate. Well, I'm going to tell you something right here. Kyler Copeland is a first overall pick. This is a absolute diamond. He's an absolute stud. We're going to have him on basketball every once in a while. He jumped on his pod like, sure, I'll do it. That That's what I'm talking about. When you talk about people working on their game, not like Ben Simmons, but like, you know, other folks who really put the craft in, you know what I'm saying? Like the Dame Dollars of the world. You know LeBron gets his work in. Luka Doncic gets his work in. 
Kyler Copeland gets his work in. So I'm excited about the show. I saw I listened to the first episode. It was dope. If you didn't listen to the first episode, shame on you. <laughs> Stop. Listen. Listen. Don't hate on something new. Open your mind to my man. Because I think what's going to happen is you're going to see your fantasy team not hover around three or four, and you're kind of sniffing the playoffs, but not really, and you're never getting the money. Now, this dude is going to get you into that promised land where the money is, okay? That's where you want to be at the end of the day. First, second, third, sometimes depending on the money league, if it's a big money league, maybe fourth place gets money, but you know where you want to be. You want to be in the championship game, bro. Yep. Don't let anybody tell you any different. This is not a participation award. This is, listen, I dominated you in fantasy last year. You have to wash my car for six <laughs> months in a bikini, and that's what's happening. Damn. If that's what you want in your fantasy league, fantasy and dreams is a show for you. Now, Kyler, the second episode, now we're going to go ahead and we're going to keep on on Saturday for right now, right? And then as we get closer, like in August, are we going to switch it up and go to Wednesday and Thursday, or how is that going to work? I think by August we will switch it up to Wednesday or early on Thursday, so that way we can get you the start and sits and the waiver wire pickups before the fantasy week starts. Throughout the offseason, it's going to be on Saturdays, but closer to the season starting and definitely throughout the season, you're going to be seeing them on Wednesdays and Thursdays. All right. Now, the other thing with that is, is that Kyler has a Twitter. Kyler, what's the Twitter? Yeah, man, it's at question point KC. You can find me there. Um, you know, currently I've been tweeting a whole bunch of Ben Simmons slander, but uh, I'm going to be posting a lot of football content there throughout the season, especially whenever these NBA playoffs are over and I get my jokes out the way, you know, I'm going to be on there a pretty good amount, especially the more and more the off season comes in and the closer we get to the regular season. So, uh, yeah, you can find me there. Now, the other thing with that is, is that he never has to stop the Ben Simmons slander because <laughs> it's all valid information. Now, the other thing with this is, is that what I like to do, and I'm going to put it out to to everybody here is this you know the twitter it's qpp network okay that is my twitter put the questions in hit me up on my dm and what we'll do is we'll have kyler come on like middle of august and say hey listen i got some fantasy questions people want to know who to draft who not to draft you can also hit him up on his twitter the other thing that you can do is that we have a website and on said website, there is his pod, my pods, there's going to be other pods, but we also have an email. And you can go there, put the email in, you can make the question as elaborate as you want. Maybe you want some life, you know, some life advice, some life hacks that we can help you out with, like how to make a proper grilled cheese when you're stoned, whatever it needs to be. We will get it to you because we are here for the people and we give the people what they want. Yeah, man. I don't know how much I know about making a grilled cheese while stoned, but yeah, I'm with you on the rest of it. Yeah. Listen, we'll help. Listen, I'll help him out. Don't worry. It's all good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll help him out. We'll, we'll talk him through. It won't be, you know, it won't be one of those situations where it's a bad trip for him. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes those grilled cheese can get real tricky. <laughs> on did you did you do the rotation correctly or did you not do the rotation correctly? So there's a lot going on there. We do have, you know, we're not throwing no names out here because you know we don't want to implicate anybody in anything. But we got a couple guys that we know who handle those gummies every once in a while. 
and things might go oh, weird. God. They might go south. I don't know. <laughs> we just want to make sure everybody's cool. That's all we want. So, but yeah, Tyler is going to be joining the show. I would say right now we've been riding them pretty hard. He's probably going to be joining the show probably something like twice or three times a, a month. But he has a lot of good insight. I'm glad to have him aboard. And if you didn't listen to the pilot episode, go to the archive pods, get that pilot episode. We'll be dropping a new pod this Saturday and you better be up on it. Kyler, which division will you be previewing this Saturday? Yes, yeah, so well, I started with the NFC East. I'm probably going to be sticking with the NFC. I'm going to be going to the NFC North next. Very interesting division, and uh, I'm excited to preview this. <laughs> it is, because I have a lot of takes on the NFC North. My first take is that my man Aaron Rodgers, he's looking for songs that will help him get out of a gloomy mood. I got some stuff. He doesn't have to just sing Shake It Off by T-Swift. We got some other stuff for you, player. All right? Don't worry about it. Listen, Green Bay got to come to you. You ain't got to go to Green Bay. They know what kind of man you are. You are the baddest Mm -hmm. man on the face of the planet, and they're not treating you with any respect whatsoever. So you sit in Waikiki strumming your ukulele and saying shake it off all day long, bro. Just do that. Until Mark Murphy and Brian Gutenkuss come to their senses. Yeah, I'm excited to preview it, man. A lot going on in that division. So much. There's so much drama in the NFC North. It is so ridiculous. I mean, just just the quarterback situation alone for every team in that division it's just you can do like probably forty five minutes just on the quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. I really <laughs> so. could. All right. So that's gonna bring us to a close. I'm glad that Kyler could step on and do this pod with me because there was so much uh been some stuff that we had to get to. Sorry, Philly fan. You will have to suffer another off season of nonsense. But we're gonna get that dude traded for you. Don't worry about it. I'm sure Joel Embiid got a garbage bag and packed all his belongings in the locker room up yesterday. So you never have to worry about that ever again. But, uh, yep. so what we'll say with this is, is this, is I end the show like this all the time. Be good to yourself. Make sure you're good. You know, get that time alone, you know, quiet time, whatever. Make sure you're centered and right. Appreciate the people around you. You know, show them love. You know, just a kind word. Just to let them know that you're thinking about them. You know, help out your neighbor. Okay? It's tough out there. Uh, we've seen a lot, lot of, you know, a lot of stuff go down over the last year and a half or whatever. You know, a friendly word, a smile, just a, hey, how you doing? And if you can, now that everything is opened up, donate some time. Okay, to worthwhile organizations to help these people out here who do not have it as well as we do. We are tremendously blessed on this podcast and we are hoping for the same for others. Now, you can't donate your time and you're getting blessed financially. Throw a little green to some of these organizations that are helping out the less fortunate. You know what I'm saying? We all got to do our part to make sure it's better for our for our youngins. You know, they are future, so we gotta make sure that there's there's a planet for them to be on. Alright? None of this craziness where you shooting up like parades on Juneteenth. Alright? I won't see none of that anymore. We need to calm down. Alright? Listen to his listen to Kyler's fantasy football podcast and maybe you won't be shooting people. Listen to my podcast. You want me shooting people. Oh, oh my god. You need to calm down though. I'm gonna just let you know that. And with that, we're out. We gotta go get into green room for some reason. And uh we'll see you on Football Friday. 
See y'all later. Yeah.